Uh, we have this one guy that's been with us 10 or 12 years. He's really kind of an outcast in our community, but he belongs a living tree. Uh, this morning, I, I was out the last couple of days with some tests from Ben Run. This morning, uh, I told Maria on our phone that he left a message and he, and he prayed for me right over the phone. Uh, and, and he closed it out in Jesus' name. Amen. He hung up the phone. And, uh, uh, it, it, you know, things like that is the reason we do what we do. Hey everyone and welcome back to the Living Free Podcast, the audio companion to Living Free located in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We're a nonprofit organization that provides churches and ministries with small group training and discipleship programs to help people overcome life controlling problems and find wholeness in Jesus. On this week's episode, Living Free President Dan Strickland is speaking with Tommy and Maria Wilson of Living Free in Corinth, Mississippi. Tommy and Maria are doing some incredible work in their community and seeing lives changed by the grace of Christ all around them. Tommy is walking evidence himself of the radical change possible through salvation and was called into ministry to help men struggling with addiction. Tommy and Maria's faithfulness resulted in something bigger than they could have ever imagined, and now they see thousands of people come through their ministry every year. We wanted to talk with them about what it was like starting something from scratch, why the holiday seasons are so difficult for so many, and how they're providing for the broken in their community this Christmas. And we got a big hint for you. A lot of it revolves around food, and that's okay by us. Thank you so much for listening. We've got a lot of ground to cover, so let's go ahead and jump straight into this conversation with Dan Strickland and Tommy and Maria Wilson. Well, we have uh, with us today, uh, we have Tommy Wilson and Maria Wilson, and uh, they lead the ministry in Corinth, Mississippi, called Living Free Ministry in Corinth. So uh, they have a lot of ministry that goes on during the holiday season, and they have had an outreach there for many years. And we're just going to take a few minutes and get acquainted with them and learn a little bit more about what they do. Hi, Tom. Hi, Maria. Hi, Diane. Hi, Diane. How are you? Good. It's a pleasure to have you. Now, I, you. we've known each other quite a while, and uh, but I would just like to let everybody know, how long has it been that you guys have been active in Living Free Ministry in Corinth? Uh, we started February of 2004. We've been 16 years going on our 17th year now. Yeah. It's a long time. Yeah, we've been here a long time. All right. And how many people would you say every year that you guys reach with the ministry? Uh, you know, that's a tough question. I would say we we have, we meet in our meetings when we're full blast. I mean, we have a couple meetings. Three of our meetings is shut down right now, but three of our meetings is going on. Uh-huh. And we, we'll have 100, 125 people a week right now. So times 52, you know, you're looking at over 5,000 by that. But then when, when normal or other meetings is going on, we'll, we'll do uh, six, 700 a uh, month. Oh, that's incredible. And how many, how many people live in Corinth or in, in Alcorn County? Oakland County altogether has about 36,000 people. Uh, well, it's not a huge place, but it's a good-sized place. And, uh, yeah, I, we love it. 
we've been down there and and you guys have a great influence in that in that county and are bright light for the community. Seems like everybody knows you. Well, our, uh, we work, we live here, we work here, so it's uh, we're very involved in our community. My wife's motto for her uh, a real estate thing: love where you live, and that's that's us. And we we're very involved in our community and do a lot of things within our community. So we're thankful for that. Well, you know, for many years, living free has been. Uh, inspiring and discovering leaders in different parts of the country to start a community-based ministry that would involve multiple churches working together to reach out to the people in the community that are struggling with different life-controlling problems. And Tom, as you heard, and Maria have been doing this for for many years now and, and with wonderful success. But Tommy and Maria, I just want to ask you, I mean, why do you do it? Oh man, good question, Sunday. Yeah. But Wait. then, but then you're sitting in your office and you have a success story walk in. A minute ago, I um I was sitting here trying to kind of panicking over my time today, and a girl that um I'm not sure how long she's been. Four years. She's been coming to living free three or four years, and seeing her, seeing the change in her, and and what it's done with her family and how she's trying to reach others by going into the jails. Um, I mean, like it gives me chills right now. That that's going to do it. I, she don't know how bad I needed to see her today. It's always rewarding, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and Dan, this morning when I got up, uh, we have this one guy that's been with us 10 or 12 years. He's really kind of an outcast in our community, but he belongs at living free. Uh, uh, he he opens up the door for us. He he closes up. He's the last one to leave most of the time. Uh, this morning I, I was out the last couple of days with some tests from being run. This morning uh, I told Maria on our phone that he left a message and he and he prayed for me right over the phone. Uh, and and he closed it out in Jesus' name. Amen. He hung up the phone and. Uh, uh, it, it, you know, things like that is the reason we do what we do. Absolutely. But there must have been something in your life uh, that brought you to a point where uh, that yeah. you wanted to do this. Can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, I go back to 1998. Uh, the Lord Jesus changed my life. He saved my soul in 98, May the 24th of 98. And he brought me out of the life of drug addiction and that lifestyle. And and over the years, he's just kind of called me in to help people that's hung out into that lifestyle and maybe give them hope and, and to help them, whether we get them into a residential treatment program or, or to get them somewhere to get help. That's what we do daily. And, and God's called me and allowed me to do it here uh, in our community. And, and you mentioned churches, Dan. We probably have at least 50 churches involved with us, at least 50. That's amazing. And how did that happen? I mean, how did you happen to get all those churches, uh, you know, motivated to join you in the ministry of this? One of the things after I got saved and the Lord started changing my life, a lot of churches invited me to speak. And a lot of times Sunday it was, two different churches, one in the morning, one at night, sometimes three different churches. 
on Sunday. So I was speaking in a lot of churches and uh, had a lot of opportunity to share my story. And then people, uh, once we got organized doing this, churches started supporting us and it just grew from that. Uh, just, I think working in our community the way we do and, and helping folks open the door up, you know, uh, non-denominational churches, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, uh, even Church of Christ, they, uh, I, I, our big week, our biggest night of the year, next week is our night of hope. And now the Seventh-day Advantage Church has joined us and going to give away food boxes. So uh, I think uh, just working in our community and trying to let people know we're not your enemy, we want to help, and we want you to be part of our team. It's amazing. Just amazing. And it's even, I think it's even more difficult in smaller communities to get churches to work together because sometimes they see each other, you know, as a a limited population of people that would be involved in their church. And so there's a little bit of of jealousy about that. But it sounds like you guys have overcome that. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm thankful for that. Uh, You know, one of the reasons that I think it works so well when I first started this ministry, I think we worked very hard not trying to hang a denomination on the front door. And even though some in our community might have tried that, we worked very hard to make sure that didn't happen. And it's paid off over the years. It certainly has. So, you know, the first days, I mean, the, the first the first few steps you took, I mean, did you know that you were going to be doing what you're doing now, the way that you're doing it, how did, how was that? What was the first step you took and how did it change? Yeah, years? Dan, I tell people all the time, we had no clue what we was doing then. And I don't have a clue what I'm doing now. It, it's really a God driven thing that's happening in our ministry because, uh, if I, I'm not a very organized guy, my wife is, but I'm not, and if I tried to, I couldn't even organize. I couldn't plan it the way, the way it came out and, and continue to grow within our community, really. Well, the most important thing we have found in any community where this is happening is there's always got to be that leader that has a vision. They may not know exactly how to do it or how it's going to be done, but if they have that drive and they have that vision, then God does the rest and he makes the pieces put together. And it's an amazing thing to see. So, Dan, I, oh, I'm sorry. One thing Go ahead. About, um, mm-hmm. uh, I was going to say, I think that's one thing about Tommy is um, he has a vision and he has surrounded himself with people um, who trust him. And, you know, he, it took quite a few years, but he's he's earned the trust of so many people in our community. And, um, and about our community, we have a very close-knit community. We... Um, there are several things that go on throughout the year that the denominations get together and do. And, you know, I, I think that's, um, I think that's something that's very special. Um, and I, I don't know that all the communities have that, but uh, we're very thankful, you know, to, to have that here and to have that support. That's a very special thing and, and unfortunately kind of rare, but I, I'm glad that God has brought that together for you guys there. Now we're going into a season, Christmas time and, and Thanksgiving. And for a lot of people, it's a sad time. I mean, you they start struggling with some issues 
days are shorter. Uh, sometimes they're estranged from family. There's losses, those kinds of things. So what needs do you see in people in your community during this time of year? Well, I mean, you know, and and in, in, in the season changes, you know, uh, we're entering. I mean, like right now, and I'm sure, especially where y'all live, that Dan the leaves has changed colors and things like that. But addiction still carries on, and it traps a lot of people. And uh, you know, and so it it it's a little more desperate this time of the year, especially the families that may have someone in jail. Or, or someone that it you know it's tough to leave a family right now to go to a residential home. Yeah, uh, we we've carried guys almost every week for the last three or four weeks to the coast and put them in a program. And I'm going Tuesday, uh, but you know, it, and it's tougher to leave your family right now. Uh, but you know, the need is so big right now. I, I think more so than ever because of COVID and and COVID's took away a lot of communication and shut down a lot of things that that where people could have fellowship and have uh, communication time with people. So it, it's even tougher today. And and we do see a lot. It, it's almost more of a desperate need right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think everybody feels it. Just uh, yesterday, I got up in the morning and I thought, oh, my, you know, this is so hard right now, you know, having to, to be this way and, and being separated from people. You just want to right. go out and, and hang out and, you know, live life as it, it normally was, but it's it's not a safe thing to do right now. One of, one of the things that, that, that we do during this time of the year, like this coming week, we offer our night of hope. It's our biggest night of the year at our campus. But we offer a Thanksgiving meal. We offer meals every week. Uh, I think we fed 75 to-go flakes last night. And this coming Thursday night, we will have 200 Thanksgiving plates to go. And and also we'll have 25 food boxes that consist of peanut butter, jelly. I'll probably put toilet paper and paper towels in there too. Uh, you know, just some little things that try to encourage people. We do a lot of things this time of the year. Uh, with that, and uh, and you know, even with COVID, it it closed our meals down, but we we was able to keep it going by giving them to go. We just do to go plates now. Amazing thing, Maria. Do you notice uh, anything that you guys do this time of year, and to reach out to them and to encourage them? Um, well, a couple of years ago. Um, Let's see, in 2011, my mother passed away in um, December. And so in 2012, about, um, I don't know, probably this time of the year, um, I started thinking about Christmas Day, and I just really wanted to do something different. Um, Because, you know, when, you know, as you get older and people pass away and, you know, all of the traditions you've grown up with change and, so I asked Tommy if we could just do a Christmas Day meal at our building. And he kind of laughed at me and said, I don't think there's two people that would come. And that's two of our guys that really didn't have anybody. And I said, well, even if it's just those two, let's just do it. And because what, what I wanted to do was open our building 
and have a traditional Christmas Day meal, Southern traditional Christmas Day meal. I know everybody's different, but, um, and, um, and just, and not for like the hungry in quotation marks or the needy, but for anybody, um, because something that we have learned uh, as the years have gone by is there's a lot of people who have money and who have food and who have things, but they're lonely. And so we opened that up and, and we didn't, um, you know, we weren't just trying to reach people who were in need. We wanted to reach people who were lonely. And maybe um, what we've learned are um, there's a lot of people who their families live in um you know, other towns, other states, and even the ones, sometimes they have to do Christmas in November or in January. And so what we did was we started our Christmas Day meal. Um, the first few years we did it at our building, and um, it's absolutely my favorite day of the year. Um, the first couple of years, it was there, and I mean, it was crowded, and, you know, it was kind of like being at my mom's house on Christmas Day, you know, you standing room only and um and then um one of the high school principals came to us a couple years later and said that he and his staff wanted to get involved and help and we were like well what do you mean and he said we want to offer to do it at the school at the um at the cafeteria and which there was a lot of things to me that was um a God thing all in itself because, you know, he had to clear that with um, his administrator and, you know, the superintendent. And, um, so anyway, that's what happened. We moved it um, to the hospital, which opened the door for us to have the commercial kitchen, which opened the door for us to feed the prisoners here in town. Um, and that's, a, there's about 450 of them um, typically. And, to me, that was just as important because, you know, a lot of those people probably deserve to be in jail, but they're also someone, that's somebody's child, someone's daddy, somebody's mama. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was important to us to be able to, and because of Tommy's relationship in our town, we were able to go in and actually hand deliver every plate and look those people in the eye. It's checking me out right now. And and tell them Merry Christmas. I mean, you know, I mean, they may have, they've made some wrong choices, but, you know, it's Christmas Day. And, and Christmas Day is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we love Santa Claus and we, we decorate to the hills and we just act real goofy about Christmas. But at the end of the day, we know that that's the day we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And, you know, what better way than to just show some love and grace to people who may not even deserve it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that has become, and, and one, one thing about that Christmas day to me is how many people get involved. I mean, we have people from everywhere. When we first started, I, I was real, and I wanted it to be home cooked because I was trying to set the stage. I was wanting it to be like, if you were with your family. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, people would, if they were making a pie for their family get together, they would, um, I would have, well, I'd say, make two pies and drop one off on your way, you know, whatever. And um, so now it's just a, we have families that come on Christmas Day to serve, and I mean families with little children, and they help take out the trash, they help plate food. Um, we'll have puzzles sitting out. Um, the school offers a uh, clothes closet 
um, it's just it's just such a community event, and you just everybody takes a part, um, every denomination, every race, every religion, and it's just it's really a beautiful thing. Our first two years, three years there at the building, we were serving probably about three hundred plates. And then it grew. Once we went to the school, it just gave us the opportunity to feed the guys in jail, prison. Mm-hmm. So now we were a thousand twelve hundred plates. <laughs> amazing! That is absolutely amazing. Well, there's just no limit to what God can do through somebody that just looks around themselves and notices the opportunity, and then just takes the first steps. You know, you can draw up a five-year plan. We were talking with some people earlier today and said, you know, they've given up on five-year plans. They gave up on three-year plans. <laughs> they cut back to two-year plans, and now they're just looking at a year at a time because the world is changing so much. And who could yeah. have, who could have seen this uh, situation coming? But now, wow. uh, you know, there's uh, an opportunity that even the COVID uh, virus situation is, is brought to us. And we've all been scrambling and, and changing our plans as we go. Uh, just one last thing I, I'd like to ask you. And okay. that is, if somebody were to come to you and say, you know, Tommy, I just really, really, really want to do something for God. And I really want to be involved in a ministry, but there's nothing for me to do. There aren't any opportunities and there's, there's no place that I can plug into and make something and, and contribute. What would you say to them? I tell them, all, and I get that question all uh, thrown at me a lot. And I invite people to come and just sit in our group meetings, come hang out, and we can find you someplace to plug into and do and, and my goal is is to learn what we do, learn from it, improve it, and go somewhere and start another one. You know, but you can come hang out with us, and I can promise you, you can get involved. Whether it's just like my guy told you that uh, unlock the door and lock and, and then stay and lock the door or, or whatever it may be, you know, they, there's always things to do. Absolutely. And, hey, I, you know, we... Let, let me tell you this story, Dan. Hmm? We've got a now Monday night. She's probably 75 years old. And and I don't do meals on Monday nights now. But she called me and she said, Brother Tommy, I, w- I want to help and I want to make desserts. And can I do it for you one night? So I said, my smallest night's Thursday night. I mean, Monday night. So she fixes us about 30 to 40 homemade brownies or cupcakes every Monday night. Bring, and her husband brings them out to us. And, but she takes her Monday and, and does that for us. You know, just little things like that. There's a lot of people in our community does a lot of little different things that helps. They sure do. Well, Tom, what, what you and Maria do, um, it is just a labor of love. It's a call of God. It's a ministry that reaches many people. And uh, you're reaching people at their great points of need. And you know what we we want to do as a ministry of living free is reproduce what you do, not exactly how you do it, though it would be okay to reproduce it exactly, but every community is different, and the needs are different, and the opportunities are different. Yeah. But 
we're just praying that God would bring an army of people, of volunteer people, people that maybe have retired or they've worked a career, they're at a transition time in their life and they want to do something significant. They want to do something to help other people and they want to do something to introduce people to Jesus. And so we are have what we call living free community. We have training. We have the uh, connections with people like Tom and Maria who have been very successful at this. And we want to help you do the same thing wherever you are. So if God is speaking to your heart and you have this call to do something in your life, there's something different from anything you've ever done before and something that is significant where you can see God reaching a heart, a person, and change their life, then we would invite you to contact us at livingfree.org or just pick up a phone and call us at 800-879-4770. I don't know who does that anymore, but that's where we are. <laughs> or drop us a line, uh, an email at info at livingfree.org. And just tell us where you are, who you are, that you're interested. And we can have some people coaching you along the way and helping you to develop a, a significant ministry in your area as well. With the churches cooperating and people reaching out as a, a whole community. So that's, uh, I appreciate you being here and uh, being on this show today. And, uh, you know, we love you and you have been great friends through many years and we look forward to, to many more to come. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Maria. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Everyone, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Living Free podcast. And thank you so much for listening. To learn more about Living Free, how to start a group, order material or make a donation, please visit livingfree.org. 